Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Mountain Outlaw. I'm managing editor Bella Butler, and I'm really excited to bring you this interview with one of our contributors that is gonna peel back the curtain on our winter 2024 issue. This is our 27th issue, it's our Montana issue, and it's a collection of stories that I think do a great job at capturing the character of the special state, not only in its magnificence, but also in its hardships, its big questions, the raw stuff that really makes it what it is. And the story we're going to be talking about today does a little bit of all of that. This interview is from November 17th, um, just about when we were getting ready to send this issue to print. And it's discussing one of our feature stories, The OTO Rides Again. It's about the OTO Ranch, which is the oldest dude ranch in Montana, but for decades it's been relatively dormant, home mostly to wildlife and maybe the occasional day tripper. But in the last couple of years, a ranch hospitality group has experimented with a pop-up modern-day dude ranch that's brought guests back to its 1800s cabins and lodges. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you this interview with writer Elizabeth Kwok Hefferin, who is a Montana-based writer and editor, like many of our contributors this issue. She's drawn to stories on climate solutions, the environment, sustainability, and public lands, and has recently contributed to the New York Times, National Geographic, Sierra, 5280, and Trails. Away from her desk, she can be found introducing her two kids to the West's finest mountains, rivers, and everything in between. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Bella. It's great to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you. Um, so let's just get our bearings on this conversation. Um, we talked about it a bit at the top, but tell me what is the OTO Ranch? Well, the OTO Ranch is at right like today is the site of a former dude ranch. So it's um, about 10 miles north of Yellowstone, then um, just outside of Gardner. And it's a collection of buildings, like there's a big kind of main lodge, and several cabins and a few sort of like outbuildings that have been there since the ranch was an operating dude ranch, which um, was really from kind of the very early 1900s up into the 30s. And ever since um, the original owners sold the place, I think it was it was in the late 30s for sure. Um, it's kind of changed hands a little bit and found its way over to um, the Forest Service ownership. And so it's been kind of just there. You can go visit it. Uh, you can hike up there. The road is closed to, to most traffic, but you can kind of check it out and look in the windows. But it hasn't really been actively used until very recently. Yeah. And so tell me about that. It sort of experienced in the last two years, somewhat of a revival. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, a dude ranch company called True Ranch Collection um, kind of heard about it. I think it was a word of mouth kind of thing. And they specialize in historic ranches. And so they were very interested in this, in this property. And it, it kind of happened that the Forest Service was was sort of thinking about what are we going to do with this? Like we've got this great asset. What is the best use of it um, for the public? And so um, one of the specialists from True Ranch came out and uh, looked at the place and was just amazed at how great everything looked after all that time and not a not a lot of maintenance really. And they came up with this experimental. Um, they called it a pop up ranch. 
where they would bring people back in for a, a dude ranch experience and kind of see how it went and kind of feel out if this is something that they could put in more permanently. And how did you become involved with this story? Oh, I was invited by by True Ranch's um, PR representatives. And it was interesting because I, I get a lot of press trip invitations and I usually don't go on them just because it's hard to justify getting away for for a lot of them. But this one really caught my eye because of just the nature of the place that it had been around for more than a century. And it, it was kind of being... Um, revived for the, you know, just a few people really for the the summers of 2022 and 23. So um, it was a chance to kind of see something that, you know, may or may not go forward. It, it might not. Um, and the fact that this project was giving back to the Forest Service, like a pretty substantial amount of money, I thought was actually a pretty cool hook and I wanted to see it for myself. So, um, so yeah, I accepted that invitation and came up for a trip and I, I was able to bring my five-year-old son too. <laughs> And had you been to the ranch um, before that pop-up visit? No, I, I've been to that area a lot, but I didn't even know it was up there. And when was that? When was your visit? Because they had done two years of pop-ups, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I was there this past July, twenty twenty-three. Awesome. So the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was your stay like at the ranch? That was great. Um, you you drive up there and you kind of go up to a trailhead and then park and you have oh you are ahead of time you have to arrange a pickup um so like an hour away you call the the ranch and tell them that you're an hour away and um so we got there and parked and you know within a couple minutes somebody from the ranch came down the access road and picked us up in a van and then they were they were able to drive us just a couple of miles back up there um and we got there and they checked us into our cabin. It's this really nice, very rustic, historic cabin. Um, very, pretty similar to what I imagine it, it looked like, you know, in, in the ranch's heyday, but they'd um, added some some updates. Like there was light in there. <laughs> they had they had run like a wire through the wall and some nice furniture. And and then it was it was kind of a combination of planned activities. Like we did uh, we, horseback riding was a huge part of it. Um, we got to do some archery practice. Uh, we went whitewater rafting on the Yellowstone River, just like right down the road. Um, I didn't do this because I didn't stay as long as uh, like uh, I didn't do the whole week. But if you did the whole week, you would get a guided tour of Yellowstone National Park as well. Um, and then you did lots of food. There was really good food, three meals a day that we all ate together, kind of family style, which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, definitely a a component of those old dude ranches are those big meals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did it feel like, you know, obviously you had some amenities like lighting and Mm -hmm. in your story, you talk a bit about the bathroom setup, which is novel for um, an older ranch like that. But did it, do you feel like it captured the feeling of, um, of its history and of that kind of older original experience? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they did have Wi-Fi available, um, <laughs> but I, I didn't use it that much. Like, I mean, you could certainly do it. I thought if you don't, you definitely get a better sense of, of what it used to be like. Um but you're walking the same floors and you're doing a lot of the same activities and especially, you know, the horseback riding and, and the hiking too. I mean, you're out on the same trails that people have been you know, on at the OTO ranch for, for more than a hundred years. So 
I I think it gave a pretty good sense of what it must have been like. But yeah, it was it was nice to have a hot shower too. Yeah, yeah, we love those, especially after a long day horseback yeah. riding. <laughs> and you and your son were, you know, being part of those first pop-ups, you were some of the first visitors Mm -hmm. having that experience at the ranch um, since its heyday, you know, almost a hundred years ago. Um, And you, you might be some of the last for the foreseeable future. And we talked about, you know, that sort of hanging in the balance Mm -hmm. moment for the ranch. Um, Why is, why is that? What is, what is this point that we're at with the ranch? Well, they were able to do what they did under um, what's called an, like a, an event permit, which is a much easier one to give to a company for something like this. So because it's public land and it's in the Gallatin National Forest, um, any sort of larger, more permanent operation would um, need to kind of clear some hurdles, like bureaucratic hur- hurdles. And a lot of it sort of depends on the nature of the proposal that True Ranch has been preparing and what they ask for. And, um, but then the national park, or sorry, the national forest is going to have to kind of look at all the impacts and potential impacts and see, is this really, you know, the best use of this public, like treasure really. Um, And then it would have to make sure that um, there weren't huge impacts on the wildlife, like a particular note are grizzly bears and elk in that particular area. And, um, they would have to gain approval. I think because it is in grizzly bear habitat and the grizzly bear is a listed threatened species, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service would have to approve it as well, any kind of use up there. So if it um, kind of goes through those multiple steps, which haven't officially begun yet, um, and it will take probably a couple of years for it to do that, then maybe people will be will be coming back and there will be a more permanent um you know, revived OTO ranch, but it's possible that it might not. Yeah. And you spoke with a handful of people involved in this decision for your story. Um, who are some of those sources that we might hear from in your story? Um, well, Michael Thom is the um, the ranger who's kind of overseeing this particular project and uh, Jay Wells has been um, the true ranch collections um, main contact for OTO. And I talked to the um, one of the biologists for the Gallatin national forest, uh, particularly about the grizzlies and the elk. Um, I think those are the main ones. Yeah. And you, you started to get into, you know, the, the stakes a little bit of that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's a really interesting uh, discussion that happens in your story between your forest service source and true ranch source where, um, you know, there's, there's some things that need to be done with the ranch and improvements and just upkeep. Um, and currently with that burden on the forest service, there might be, you know, some interest to them in pursuing that relationship further. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Well, these, um, these old buildings, I mean, they're so old. They need, they, they needed some upkeep before even the pop-up happened. So that was part of the deal where True Ranch said, we are going to do the repairs that are necessary. We're going to kind of get this back into shape to host people. And we will do that you know, on our dime. And that's kind of a donation to you. 
And so they did. They um, they had to be very careful about how they updated it because it had to follow kind of historic preservation rules. So basically, they weren't allowed to do anything other than put it how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was still a pretty big lift. Um, so I think I, I feel should I look up the, <laughs> the number? I think it was ninety thousand dollars worth of repairs that they did, um, basically for, for free. Yeah, yeah. And um, if they wanted to continue with something even more permanent, they would need to do more. Um, like they'd have to like put some kind of fire protection in there, um, make sure that like the buildings are all structurally sound for that, the number of people who would be coming through. And that would be quite a bit more work. And that's, you know, millions of dollars that the forest service, you know, that's, that's a lot. They probably don't have that. So they would be um, getting quite a benefit from a partnership from that standpoint. Yeah. So when we're talking about the the public interest here and making that decision with that in mind, it's um, it's pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what are the the next steps in this story? You know, there's a decision to be made and permit. You were talking about. Um, you know, we're talking in the fall of 2023. Mm-hmm. What's what's happening from here? Well, True Ranch is going to submit a proposal to the Gallatin National Forest. Um, That could be coming any day now, like sometime. I think they, I think everybody took a couple of months to sort of look at how things went and what could be done better. Um, And then, so then the, then the National Forest will, will look at that and see what they think. And I believe if they like the proposal as it stands, they will then advance it and start looking, going out to U.S. Fish and Wildlife to look at the bear impacts. There would be some level of public comment. It kind of depends on a lot of like how they classify this logistically, Mm -hmm. but there might be some opportunities for public comment as well that it would need to go through. And um yeah, so there'd be, there would be several levels of approval that need to happen before anything moves forward. And is there an anticipated timeline at this stage for a decision like that? Um, they they told me the quickest it would happen would be summer 2025. It seems likely that it would take even longer than that to get anything going. Mm-hmm. And I always think about, you know, when we receive pitches for the magazine um, and then we're you know going through the writing and editing process and figuring out where it goes and how we introduce it there's this sort of running question that we use to guide us um, which is you know why is this important to a reader why do they want to read this story or why should they read this story um, and I'm really interested to hear with this particular story, um, you know, you even mentioned, I I don't always go on these visits when I get these mm-hmm. invites and you went on this one and you wrote a really fabulous story about this very classically Montana issue. <laughs> um, why should, why should people read this? Why is this important to our readership? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I think what's really interesting about this is just the questions around, you know, who, who uses our public lands and what do they get to use them for? So, um, you know, as as something that the the National Forest holds, I mean, the OTO Ranch sort of belongs to all of us. And of course, they are in charge of managing it and making sure that it's um, taken care of. But it's not something that's supposed to be a big profit maker for a private company. Um, There are ranches that operate on other public lands. And like, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. But um, 
you have some questions of, you know, what what's the best use of, of this beautiful spot? It's got real historic significance. It's also got wildlife habitat significance. Um, it's got recreation questions. I mean, it's it's a very quiet place right now. And a lot of locals particularly like to just kind of go up there and hang out and check it out. And they don't necessarily love the idea of kind of this bigger ranch operation coming in there. And, and then there are some questions too of just access because the the pop-up ranch was not a luxury ranch by any means like it's pretty rustic but it's also pretty expensive i mean Mm -hmm. they were i think if you stayed the whole week it was over a thousand dollars a person and Mm -hmm. that's you know not everyone is going to be able to do that right yeah that's such an important way to frame it we Mm -hmm. often see headlines especially out in the west and certainly in our magazine that discuss public lands and access and what that means to different people. And I think this is such a unique way of that topic manifesting. It's not, you know, in the, maybe how we see it so often. And so I think it's really interesting to dive into it in that way. Um, Yeah. I'm excited for our readers to get a hold of this. Me too. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about, you know, what the future is for the OTO in this story, but do you see yourself staying involved with this story at all? Do you think there are any follow-up opportunities for you as a journalist? I hope so. I'd l- I'm definitely keeping tabs on it. I've gotten to know the, uh, the Forest Service um, representatives pretty well on this case. And um, what I'm really interested in is and the public reaction to this one, this, I don't think a lot of people know about the, the pop-up branch and because the proposal is not officially in yet, it's not, you know, you're not seeing any kind of news about that. And I, I did a story last year about another um, proposal in Montana on Holland Lake Lodge, which is kind of up closer to me in Missoula. But that one was like enormously impactful for people like people hated the idea of this expanded lodge at holland lake and um it actually this is relatively new but um the the proposal was actually um withdrawn because it was a huge such an outcry that i think they couldn't they they just were like okay let's let's not do this right Um, driving up in that area i remember the summer there there were signs protesting the lot pretty much every yard and every house it was huge totally yes and like if you look at the public comments submitted i mean there were thousands upon thousands of them and most of them were negative like really strong weight against this proposal and and i should say i mean it's quite different what they were proposing to do they wanted to expand by quite a bit and bring in a lot more people in a different way Whereas OTO is, is different because um, it's, they weren't, they weren't looking to get any bigger. Like the, all this stuff is up there already. They were just going to bring people back. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious to see what kind of public reaction there will be once it is more of a news story. Yeah, definitely. Do you anticipate it um, catching on in a, in a similar way or gaining the same amount of eyeballs? It's, it's hard to know. It's really hard to know. Um, I think there's some significant enough differences there that it, I would be surprised if it were quite as like controversial, but you never know. Yeah. Right. And we have kind of yet to see the proposal in its entirety. Yes. Yes. 
I think it's it's just an interesting time right now. I think a lot of people in Montana are like pretty sensitive about how things have changed in just the last few years. They're sensitive about the perception of like a big company coming in to profit off of our lands. So we'll we'll kind of see how that plays out. <laughs> yeah. And do you have any suggestions for um, you know, if people are reading your story or they're seeing other news related to this forthcoming proposal? Um how might they seek out information or learn more to maybe drive through some of that broader sentiment to um, educate themselves on this specific issue? To learn more about the ranch in particular or? Yeah. If there's you know, discussion around the proposal, um, you know, do you have recommended sources for, you know, just the everyday Montana citizen learning about topics like this? Um, you know, that's interesting because there there's not a lot you can find. I mean, if you go up there, which is like, you know, not an easy place to get to, but I mean, you can go up there and there are some interpretive signs about kind of the history of the place. There's um, a book that I referenced while, um, while working on this story that kind of gives a really cool history of it and what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of communications they put out when this proposal becomes, you know, an official reality. Um, the Forest Service is very, very open. Even if they don't do kind of an official comment period, they're very open to people calling them and asking mm-hmm. questions and and kind of sharing what they think should happen. And they do take that into consideration too. Yeah, that's a great point. And I wanted to close with um, something that. I think speaks to not only this story and this issue in particular, but a lot of the kind of current events in Montana, a lot of which are explored in the magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, you mentioned in this story that, you know, there's a lot of different stakeholders or interests in this decision. And that at the end of the day, through your reporting, you felt like everyone wants what's best for this place. Mm -hmm. Um, we just have different interpretations and different understandings of what that kind of best looks like. Do you have anything mm-hmm. to elaborate on that? I thought that's that was such an interesting piece of the story. Yeah, I think everyone that I've spoken with, I think, has just such respect for OTO Ranch and what it represents and what it could represent. And you know, nobody's going out there not thinking about the wildlife impacts or the recreation opportunity impacts. Like everyone agrees that this is just a really cool gem of a place. But yeah, the the best use of this gem of a place is the thing that is up in the air. Yeah. Are you seeing that in, you know, any other reporting that you're doing or just being a resident of Montana? Does that feel connected to other decisions that we might be facing as a state? Um, well, yeah, well, let's see. Is, is there another? Can you rephrase the question? <laughs> yeah. I think um, I'm just wondering, I guess, how we can uh, apply that kind of understanding that, you know, in a lot of these decisions, um, we can feel sort of polarized. And we even discussed with this story, it might be a little bit more complex than how sometimes we get pigeonholed into writing things, which is this side versus this side. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I just thought it was, it feels important mm-hmm. to sometimes when it's applicable, retain that understanding um, that it's not that one side wants to do harm and one side doesn't. Maybe we all want what's best. Um, we just don't always meet in the middle on what that means. It's true. It's true. And I remember I read somewhere that, you know, everyone is the hero of their own story. You know, like people don't go into any sort of decision thinking they're doing the wrong thing. Like everyone has a justification, but, you know, in this case, I felt like particularly like the true ranch does have a great sense of how special OTO ranch is. And I I don't get the impression that they're just profit you know, um, minded and that they, they don't care about how the operations would go. Like they seem to truly get what the place is and they have a vision for what they think would be a good use of it. And, you know, and education is a big part of it in their, in their planning. You know, they, they want to make sure that, um, they're giving opportunities to like scientists to come in and share what they're learning too, and just be, be more than, you know, a resort, like they're looking to do something different. And um, that's, that's nice. It's kind of refreshing to see. Yeah. Well, anything else that, you know, our listeners should know about the OTO (laughs) ranch before they go and read your story? Um, I mean, if you're, if you're in the Yellowstone area, you know, and you feel like a, a very quiet day hike and you like history, like it's definitely worth going to, you can kind of just pull off over at the, the Cedar Creek trailhead. And then you've got a couple of miles. You can go past that gated road and walk up there and you can just see it for yourself. And it's, um, it's worth doing, even if it, even if it stays exactly like that, it's, it's cool to kind of wander the grounds. Yeah. I hope I can get up there sometime soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. And we're so grateful for your story and excited to share it with our readers. Thank you, Elizabeth. Well, thank you. You can read Elizabeth's story, The OTO Rides Again, online at mtoutlaw.com or in a hard copy of the Winter 2024 issue. Mountain Outlaw is owned and published by Outlaw Partners in Big Sky, Montana. Our publisher is Eric Ladd. Muir Brody is the VP of Media, Bella Butler is the Managing Editor, and Robin Egloff is the Art Director. Our original theme music is by Harlow Punderson. Thanks for stepping inside Mountain Outlaw.